Good morning and welcome Campbell River Baptist Church to our service this morning. This week, as staff, we were talking about how it's coming into the fall and we're getting excited about the fall. And look what I found this morning, a leaf on the ground and it's red and it changed color. I don't believe it. Summer is still here. I am choosing to believe that. I'm leaving on vacation next week and I'm excited for that, but I'm also excited for what is happening at the church. We're starting into live streams, hopefully, before I get back. So when I get back, there's going to be so many things that have changed. And I'm not going to necessarily be the person that's here welcoming everyone all the time. But I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see what God is going to do with those live streams and how he's going to continue to reach everyone in Campbell River and across so many different places. We have people from Australia, across Canada, in the States. They're watching our service and we're excited and we're so glad that you wanted to join us this morning. So I hope that you guys have a fantastic day and that you enjoy the service. Good morning, everyone. My name is Erwin and I'm going to be reading this morning from the, the scriptures from Psalm 57, the first five verses. Be gracious to me, O God, be gracious to me, for my soul takes refuge in you. And in the shadow of your wings, I will take refuge until destruction passes by. I will cry to God most high, to God who accomplishes all things for me. He will send from heaven and save me. He reproaches him who tramples upon me. God will send forth his loving kindness and his truth. My soul is among lions. I must lie among those who breathe forth fire, even the sons of men whose teeth are spears and arrows and their tongue a sharp sword. Be exalted above the heavens, O God. Let your glory be above all the earth. Thank you. Hi everyone, Lior here, the Children's Director here at Campbell River Baptist Church. We are entering into our fall season, which usually means a lot of in-person programs, but of course we're not being able to do that this year. So we've had to get a little more innovative about coming up with ideas about how we can help you as families connect with God's Word a little bit more. One of the programs that we're going to be offering is something that we've called Seed Pods. Now, Seed Pods is a monthly devotional box that you will get each month when you sign up. In the box, you will get lots of different information about a certain theme for the month with a sheet that looks like this with different ideas of stories for each week, a Bible memory verse, a gather event, and some fun activities that you can do as a family. We'll be telling you a little bit more about what these seed pods are gonna be looking like, what you can do with them, and how you can access them. All of that information will be on our website and we'll be posting more about it on our social media feeds. If you have more questions about it that I haven't answered here or on one of those places, just feel free to contact me just through email or calling the church office. Either one is great. Also, I just wanted to remind you that we have continued to put out Bible stories for kids every Sunday. There's one there for preschoolers and there's one there for elementary students. We've been going through the book of Matthew and we'll continue on that for a long time coming. We're just finishing up Matthew 7, so we'll be there for a bit. You can find those on our church website or on our YouTube channel. That's all I have for you today. I hope that you'll join in on our Seed Pods program and sign up as a family so that you can learn more about God's Word together. Hey there everyone, Emma here. I have a few announcements for you today. The first one is about live streams. We're going to be changing the format of our Sunday service just a little bit as we turn into live streams. 
we are going to have a new live stream set up in the auditorium. And we're also going to be bringing in a live worship band to make it feel a little bit more like a Sunday morning. We are so excited for you guys to join us. We are hoping this will connect us to you just a little bit more on a Sunday morning. And so look forward to that on September 13th. With that, as much as live streams are going to be hopefully that much better, it's not the same as real life. And so that is why we would love for you guys to get connected into a small group. Find a group of friends around you, or maybe if you don't know anyone in town, feel free to contact the office. We will get you connected. But start a small group, study the sermon each week, go through a Bible study together, whatever you feel is best for your group. We just want to encourage you guys to get together, study the word and be intentional. One more way that we would love for you guys to get connected is through our kickoff Sunday on September 27th in the church parking lot. We're going to have ministry booths set up outside. It's going to be a socially distanced event and we're gonna have information and ministry leaders available to answer any questions that you may have about a ministry that you and your family may be interested in. We also are going to have a scavenger hunt. Anybody can join. Feel free to make a team with your small group, with your family, with your group of friends, however you would like. We're going to send out the list on the Friday in the newsletter, so make sure you sign up for that and you will have all weekend to complete it. You'll get points for creativity and all sorts of things and it will be a competition for a wonderful prize that will be announced later on. We are hoping that this is going to be a fun way for you guys to connect and stay safe. Hi everybody, Ryan Davis here. This morning I wanted to share a quick story with you guys from something that happened down at Radiant Life and then we're gonna pray for our service. So this week we were down serving and we had a gentleman come up to the table to grab some food. And he came up and he had no shoes on. And he asked if we could give him some shoes, but unfortunately as Radiant Life is in transition right now, all of our shoes and our clothing have been given out to other areas in the city to be able to serve the vulnerable in our community. So we told this gentleman, unfortunately this week we didn't have anything. So we kept serving and one of the members of our team slipped off around the corner and none of us really knew what he was doing. And a few minutes later, he just casually came back to the table. And it took about 10 minutes for me to realize that he had given the gentleman the shoes off of his own feet. And this is just one of those stories of how people in our congregation and people who are serving downtown are serving with their whole heart. They are giving everything they have to be the love of Christ to the people in our community. And so even though Radiant Life is transitioning, the ministry and the people who are serving there still have a huge heart for those in our community, for the vulnerable. So please continue to pray for us and please continue to pray that God would work mighty ways in our city and continue to transform lives. Please also join me now as we pray for our service and we're gonna just take a moment and pray for the vulnerable in our city. So Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for this morning that we can be together. Father, we thank you that you have given us this opportunity to be able to be safe, to be able to be at home, but to still be a part of your community that you're building here at Campbell River Baptist Church. We also wanna thank you for the ability and for the opportunities that you have given us to be your love and your light in the community here. Father, for the ways that we can reach out and we can show your love and your grace and be your hands and your feet to the vulnerable in our city. So please, Lord, continue to give us that opportunity. Continue to give us new ways to reach out in. And Father, we also, we just ask, Lord, for, for great meetings, Lord, for good conversations. And Father, we just wanna take a moment and we wanna thank you for Pastor Dwight. We thank you that he's come here, Lord, and for the ways that you have, um, 
just gifted him, Lord, and for the, uh, the wisdom that he brings to our, our community here and to our, our family at the Baptist Church. Please bless this morning, bless this message to our hearts, help it to change our lives, and please bless Pastor Dwight as he shares it with us. In your name we pray, amen. Blindness, not being able to see. Some of you may be blind or sight impaired, and you understand more than any of us what that means. If you're blessed with sight, just close your eyes and imagine not being able to see the trees, the mountains, the ocean, a sunset, children playing, people that you love. A life of darkness. Sometimes life feels like we're lost in blindness. I'm lost in blindness and I refuse to believe that I can see. One has to accept a life of darkness. Years from now, I can only tell my children not to believe that simple grace triumphs over utter darkness. I was born in sin and I was conceived in sin. It doesn't matter to God that I live every day of my life in hopelessness. No longer can it be said that there is a God who hears the cries of his people. My whole life testifies to one truth. Blindness has robbed me of every good thing, and it is no longer true that God saves those who are crushed in spirit. Now, I don't know much, but I know one thing for sure. I was born blind with no hope and no future. But then I met Jesus, and he turned everything in my life upside down. I was born blind with no hope and no future. Now I don't know much, but I know one thing for sure. God saves those who are crushed in spirit. And it is no longer true that blindness has robbed me of every good thing. My whole life testifies to one truth. There is a God who hears the cries of his people. No longer can it be said that I live every day of my life in hopelessness. It doesn't matter to God that I was born in sin and I was conceived in sin. Simple grace triumphs over utter darkness. Years from now, I can only tell my children not to believe that one has to accept a life of darkness. I can see and I refuse to believe that I am lost in blindness. Pastor Dwight with you again this morning with number six in our miracle series. We're going to look at the story in Mark 10 when Jesus healed a man who was blind. Jesus healed a lot of blind people, but this one had something special and we want to look at that this morning. It's the last in our summer miracles series. Next week, I'll be starting a four-week series for September as we look at the first four chapters of Genesis, and we're going to title it, God of New Beginnings, as our good God brings beauty out of chaos. It's something that he's been doing ever since time began and is continuing today. You can be looking forward to that, maybe even read over those first four chapters in Genesis before then. It's hard to believe that August is almost over. Labor Day weekend will soon be upon us. It's been an unusual summer. COVID, uh, cooler and more rain than usual, and a very different tourist and vacation situation. 
Typically, September signals a return to our regular scheduled lineup at church. Unfortunately, that doesn't look possible this year, nor will it for the foreseeable future. We're hearing predictions of 2022 before things go back the way they used to be. Now, this has meant a huge change to our understanding of ministry, of being the body of Christ, and what it means to be the church. Remember, you don't go to church, you are the church. And as a staff, we're seeking to help you be the church in your own neighborhoods. In September 27th will be the kickoff for all of our ministries. There will be changes, but things are and will be happening. And so you need to stay tuned to the Sunday services, to the website, to Facebook, Instagram, or newsletter to keep up with what's happening. We're working hard and getting live streaming of the worship services underway. You will watch on your TV or computer and you'll see exactly what we're doing on the stage. At CRBC, we hope to be a collection of house churches, small groups. As we enter the fall of 2020, I would encourage everyone in our congregation to work on four new rhythms. And let me just go over them briefly with you and we'll kind of share them over the newsletter in, in the future. But four new things for us to kind of be looking at as families this fall. Number one is to establish a Sunday routine. That every Sunday we do the same thing. You connect into the worship service and uh, bring our families together. Uh, number two is connect in a small group. Find some way to connect with another group of people, of believers in the church, and, and work through life. Number three, keep your family connected. Maybe you have kids and you want to keep them connected to the church, keep them connected to what God is doing. Maybe you have an elderly family member or someone that you need to help get connected, help work through, maybe getting on computer, that sort of thing. Number four, pray for your local church. Now we do have some people who are viewing from across the country. Well, pray for your local church. But in Campbell River, pray for your local church. Pray that we would be innovative, that we would have an influence within our community and that we'd have a, a strong impact in our neighborhoods. These are some four new rhythms we can kind of get into in our fall session. Well, let's get into our talk for today as we look at Mark chapter 10. I've entitled this, Can You See Him? Can you see Jesus? When things are going well and your world is wonderful, can you see Jesus? But can you see him when things are difficult and your world is falling apart all around you? Today we want to learn to see Jesus at work in our everyday lives. The end of Mark chapter 10, we find a man named Bartimaeus, and he was going through a difficult time. He was a blind man, he was a poor man, he was a beggar in a challenging situation. There are people who are going through a difficult season with all that's going on right now with COVID. People losing their jobs, people losing their homes, people getting sick. People are struggling in our church and our community today. Maybe it's a marriage situation. Maybe there's a kid that's gone wayward. Maybe it's a physical sickness. Maybe it's depression that you're dealing with. Maybe it's a financial situation. You're struggling, you're hurting, you're going through a difficult season in life. Well, blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10 is going to teach us some lessons. The gospel writer Mark translates the Hebrew name for his Greek readers. Bartimaeus means son of Timaeus, Bartimaeus. 
Bartimaeus was remembered. Probably he became a continuing follower of Jesus. And he was known right down to the days of the writing of the Gospel of Mark. And Gospel of Mark was actually the memoirs of the Apostle Peter. Bartimaeus can teach us valuable lessons on how to see Jesus during a difficult situation. Can you see him? Five lessons from a blind beggar. When you're going through a difficult season, how we respond and react so that we can still see Jesus. Well, number one is don't wait for perfect conditions. If you're trying to see Jesus in a difficult season, don't wait for perfect conditions. This blind beggar, and he's sitting by the roadside. We read in verse 46, Then they came to Jericho, as Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city. A blind man, Bartimaeus, that is, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. You see, it was coming up to Passover. It was the week before the crucifixion actually happens. There's a large crowd, and it's traveling up from Jericho, along the Jericho Road, to be in Jerusalem in time for the festival. Jericho was down by the Jordan River, down by the Dead Sea. Jerusalem was up in the mountains, and there was a long road called the Jericho Road that went all the way up through the mountains to Jerusalem. And huge crowds are coming from Galilee, from all parts of Judea, and they're traveling up to Jerusalem. So this large crowd is surging along with Jesus. And the odds of this fellow Bartimaeus getting a hold of Jesus is very slim. There's a large crowd. There's lots of noise. It's not a perfect condition to get hold of Jesus. It was a good time to beg, a good time to work the crowd. Lots of people were going by, and Bartimaeus and other beggars would have been busy making a living. But it wasn't the perfect condition to call out to Jesus. When we're going through a difficult time, there's no wrong time to call out to Jesus for help. This blind beggar, in less than perfect conditions, calls out to Jesus for help. Maybe you're going through a difficult time. You're hurting in your family, in your life. Now is the time to call out to Jesus. I don't know how to pray the right prayer, you might think. Well, it doesn't take the right prayer. There's no perfect conditions to call out to Jesus. I'm going to wait till I get my life together. Sometimes that's what people are thinking. I'm going to wait until the problem goes away. I'm going to wait for my situation to turn around. This blind man teaches us a great lesson. There is no perfect condition to call out to Jesus. If you're going through a difficult time, right now is the time to call out to Jesus. Lesson number two from the blind beggar who's going through a difficult time is concentrate on what you have. Some people never see Jesus during difficult times. They're so focused on their weaknesses instead of their strengths. So focused on what they don't have instead of on what they do have. Bartimaeus could have focused on the fact that he couldn't see. He could have focused on what he didn't have. He didn't have eyes to see. This blind man used what he did have. In verse 47 it says, When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus! Son of David, have mercy on me. He heard. He didn't have eyes, but he did have ears and a voice. And it was impossible for this blind man to see Jesus, but he could hear. Like most people who are blind, his hearing was highly attuned. He heard that Jesus was coming by. He couldn't see, but he could speak. 
I can't get to Jesus, so I need Jesus to get to me. I can't see, but I can hear and I can speak. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He used what he had to get hold of Jesus. When you're going through a difficult time, it's so easy to get focused on what we don't have. We miss out on using what we do have to experience Jesus in our difficult time. I can't see, but you can hear, so use what you have. I can't hear, but you can speak, so use what you have. When we're going through difficult times, we need to concentrate on what we do have, not on what we don't have. A third lesson that we learn from this blind man going through a difficult season is, don't be swayed by public opinion. Don't be swayed by public opinion. Verse 48, many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. This whole crowd was surging around Jesus, surging around this beggar by the side of the highway. And the crowd told the blind beggar to be quiet. He was making a big noise. He was yelling. He was shouting. He was trying to get Jesus' attention. And the crowd said, be quiet. He knew that he needed a miracle. And he had to overcome the crowd to get in contact with Jesus. Some of you may be just like this blind beggar. You need a miracle. You're going through a difficult season. You need Jesus to show up in your marriage. You need Jesus to show up with your kids. You need Jesus to show up in your finances. And maybe you need Jesus to show up with your health. You need to overcome the crowd to experience Jesus in a powerful way. If this blind beggar had listened to the crowds, he may have gone to the grave, still blind, continuing to live in his difficult situation. Now, as we think of overcoming public opinion, let me suggest there are three types of people that you might have to overcome. The first is faith suckers. Faith suckers. Now, things are difficult. Life is full of trials. People will show up in your life that attempt to suck the faith right out of you. Faith is so important in our walk with God. Without faith, we can't please the Lord. That's according to Hebrews. And we're called to be people of faith. When we're going through a difficult time, you will find people telling you to hush up like they told this blind man to be quiet. Hold your peace. Your marriage has been bad for 10 years. Why are you believing God? Your marriage isn't going to get any better. Or your kids have been hellions for years. Why are you still praying for your kids? You've been addicted for years. You've been on those drugs. You've been on those pills. You've been on that alcohol. I know you go to church, but you're not going to get free. There will be people who will suck the faith right out of you. Learn to overcome faith suckers just like the blind Bartimaeus did. Secondly, you need to overcome faith intimidators. Now, this blind man was sitting by the road. A large crowd comes by, so he starts yelling to get the attention of Jesus. They begin to rebuke him, to scold him, telling him to be quiet, intimidating him. Jesus is too busy for you. Now that would be intimidating. This man made a living from begging. Now he's upsetting the very people who pay his bills. It would be intimidating. Nobody's supporting him. Nobody cheering him on. He's going through a difficult season and he's isolated all by himself. What if no one were supporting him? That would be intimidating. Your marriage, your family, your life, nobody leaves, believes you can make it. Nobody believes your marriage can turn around. You're all by yourself. You feel all alone. Intimidation by others to quit believing in God can happen. 
It's your kids. And nobody else believes that your kids can come back home. Nobody else at your workplace believes the company can make it. People are intimidating you, and you have to stand up for God all by yourself. Hush up, Bartimaeus. Yet he continued to shout all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. He overcame faith intimidators. Thirdly, you might have to overcome faith mockers. When you're believing God, when you're living a life of faith in a difficult season, it can be very embarrassing. Bartimaeus is shouting out to Jesus and nothing's happening. The crowd comes over and they say, come on, dude, quit all that. It's embarrassing when nothing's happening and you believe God. There's no answer, there's no turnaround, there's no remedy. Faith can make you sometimes look awful silly. Because faith is believing God for something that hasn't happened yet. This blind man is believing for his sight. Even though it hasn't happened, yet that's what faith is. When you're living by faith, oftentimes it makes you look silly. You remember Noah, he's building an ark for a hundred years in the middle of a desert area and people are mocking him. Abraham and Sarah are two old people expecting to have a baby. Faith can make you look silly. People will suck the faith out of you. People will intimidate you. People will mock you. Keep believing God. Don't stop praying. Don't stop fasting. You know, sometimes people say, you're still going to church, you're still in a small group. Don't let people talk you out of believing God. Stand on his word, praying and fasting and hoping. So let's go over it again. When you're going through a difficult season, how can you respond and react so that you can see Jesus? Well, number one, don't wait for perfect conditions. Number two, concentrate on what you have. And number three, don't be swayed by public opinion. Faith suckers, faith intimidators, faith mockers. And now, number four, understand this, Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. Verse 49, it says, Jesus stopped and said, call him. Hundreds of conversations are going on. Kids are running around. Jesus is the celebrity of the day. He's opening blind eyes, unstopping deaf ears, raising the dead, feeding 5,000 people. Hey, Jesus, can we get your autograph? And one lowly beggar is sitting along the side of the road, shouting through all the noise and commotion and stuff going on, through all the chaos. People are telling him to hush up. All the racket, all the noise. Jesus heard the cry of a desperate beggar. The Bible says Jesus stopped for one blind beggar. Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. Through all the noise, through all the ruckus, through all the noise going on in your own head, Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. He hears the tears you cry in the middle of the night. He hears the pain that's in your heart. He hears what you're going through as you're wrestling and dealing with your situation. Every prayer that you're uttering to him, Jesus hears. Jesus hears. So keep praying, keep fasting, keep believing because Jesus hears the cries of desperate people. In verse 49, they, it says, they called to the blind man, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. It's amazing how the very people who are against him are now for him. Hey, Jesus is calling you, cheer up. Throwing his cloak aside, it says. 
This man had a cloak. Now, I don't know what this cloak was. Perhaps it was issued to people who were blind, halt, withered, lame, identified them as a true beggar. Possibly uh, it was fairly valuable to him. He maybe needed it to protect him uh, from the hot sun or from the cold evenings. Uh, he needed to protect that cloak from being stolen. I'm not sure what this garment really stands for. However, I'm sure that it was very significant to this blind beggar. Notice that this blind man was willing to throw aside the cloak to follow Jesus. What is it that you need to throw aside so that you can see Jesus during your difficult time? You know, for a lot of people, it's pride. Pride is blocking us from experiencing Jesus. Nobody knows the pain you're going through. You want everybody to think that you're doing okay, that everything's fine. You put on the smile, you got the makeup on, the right clothes on, but inside you're crumbling, you're hurting, you're shattered in a million pieces. Nobody knows that the marriage is on the verge of divorce. Nobody knows the situation you're dealing with with your kids. Nobody knows the sickness that's in your body. You don't want anybody to know because you want to save face. You want to save pride. Maybe you've got to throw that away. Maybe it's anger and resentment and bitterness because you don't like the cards that life has dealt you. You might even be mad at God. God, why? Why am I going through this? Why the pain? Why the struggle? And there's bitterness in your heart. Take it and throw it aside so that you can see Jesus in your difficult situation. This blind beggar took the coat and he threw it aside. Verse 51 says, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked him and the blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. This blind man was real with Jesus. He didn't put up a front. He says, I need a miracle. Your cry might be, Rabbi, I need help in my marriage. I need help with my kids. I'm going through a financial difficulty. I need a job. I need a new job. There are are things that are rough in our relationship. Things are difficult. I need you to show up in my situation, Jesus. This blind man was very real with Jesus. Jesus, Rabbi, I want to see. Seeing Jesus during difficult times. Now, lesson five from Bartimaeus. Follow Jesus when times turn good. Verse 52 says, go, said Jesus. Your faith has healed you. Immediately, he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. The most important thing in life was following after Jesus. This blind man understood a very important lesson. More important, the most important thing in life wasn't to get his sight back. The most important thing was following after Jesus. When things were bad, when things were difficult, he called out to Jesus. He pursued him with passion. But when things turned good, he received a miracle. It says he followed Jesus. And Bartimaeus probably followed all his life. It's one of the few healings where a name is actually recorded and mentioned in scripture and was able to be recorded because he was still following Jesus, even when Mark or Peter were talking about this and, and compiling the story. 
Bartimaeus continued to follow Jesus on the road. A lot of people look to Jesus during difficult times, and around the world there's been difficult times, and there is difficult times. And there's a lot of people around the world who are turning to Jesus, looking for answers. They're looking for hope. And they go after Jesus, they turn to him, he's the answer, he's the solution. But here's the deal, when Jesus shows up in your life, when the economy turns around, when you get the job, when your marriage gets restored, when your body's healed, when your child comes home, don't turn your back on God. Follow Jesus during the good times, just like you follow Jesus during bad times. Don't back out of the church when things turn around. Be a real follower of Christ. Follow Jesus during the good and during the bad. Where is your focus today? Pursuing money, pursuing power, pursuing everything else but Jesus Christ? Today's your day to follow Jesus with your whole heart. Maybe you're going through a difficult time. Can I pray for you right now? And you just echo in, that, in, your, in your heart these words or some of these words as you pray and call out to Jesus in your difficult time. Lord, I pray that you would help us as we face difficult seasons and trials. I pray that we would see you during difficult times. Let us learn the lesson from this blind beggar, that there's no wrong time to call out to you. And help us to concentrate on what we do have and not what we don't have. Help us to overcome and not be swayed by the crowd, by public opinion. I pray that you would work in our hearts, that we would follow you with everything that's inside of us. Thank you for being real. Thank you for wrapping your loving arms around us. Thank you for comforting us during this difficult season. Maybe you're saying in your heart, you know, I want to know Jesus. I don't know Jesus like that. I don't know Jesus in that personal way. I've been looking for answers in all the wrong places. Maybe you've been looking for answers from a bottle, from pills, from drugs, from money, from trying to climb the corporate ladder. Maybe you're saying, I need Jesus. I need to know him. I'm tired of serving myself. I want to serve Jesus. Like Bartimaeus, I want to follow after Jesus. I don't want to live another day in turmoil and chaos. I need the peace of God in my heart and my life. Well, maybe your prayer would be somewhat in these words, and I'll say them, and, and if that's what you're needing to do, do you echo those in your heart to Jesus? Jesus, I realize that I have sinned against you, and I believe you died on the cross for my sins and rose again on the third day. Jesus, I turn away from my life of sin, and I turn my life completely over to you. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior, and I'm going to live for you, Jesus, the rest of my life. And in Jesus' name I pray, amen. As we end this morning, I want to read you a story of a man who went through some very difficult times, but he continued to follow Jesus all his life. This is Horatio Spafford. He lived in Chicago during the second half of the 1800s. He was a very strong Christian. He attended a Presbyterian church and he was the Sunday school teacher there and very active in the abolitionist crusade during the Civil War. He was a friend of the up-and-coming evangelist Dwight L. Moody, who really was the Billy Graham of his day. Horatio Spafford was a senior partner in a thriving law firm in Chicago. In his early 30s, he met Anna Larson from Norway, and the couple married in 1861 during the first year of the American Civil War. In their first 10 years of marriage, he had a thriving law practice, a growing ministry in the church as an elder. 
He had a beautiful house on the lake, and God blessed them with four daughters, Annie, Maggie, Bessie, and Tanita. Now, in order to cut down on the amount of time the law work was taking from the family, in the spring of 1871, Horatio began heavily investing in real estate on the expanding north end of Chicago. After a long, dry summer that year, the Great Fire of Chicago reduced the city to ashes in October of 1871. Horatio's sizable investment was destroyed. Horatio and Anna's home was not destroyed, and it became a refuge and a help in the midst of the crisis of rebuilding. This all took a toll on their health, especially for Anna. Two years later, Horatio accepted some Christian friends' invitation to get away to France. They booked passage on one of the newest steamers, the Ville de Havre. At the last moment, Horatio was detained by real estate business, but Anna and the four girls sailed. Within 12 minutes, on November 21, 1873, the luxury steamer sank in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean after being rammed by a British iron sailing ship, the Lockern. Anna was picked up unconscious on a floating spar by the crew of the Lockern, but the four girls had drowned. The Lockern itself was in danger of sinking, and by a miracle, another vessel passed that same point, the Tri Mountain, a cargo sailing vessel, and arrived to save the survivors. Nine days after the shipwreck, Anna landed in Cardiff, Wales, and cabled Horatio, Saved alone, what shall I do? After receiving Anna's telegram, Horatio immediately left Chicago to bring his wife home. On the Atlantic crossing, the captain of his ship called Horatio to his cabin to tell him that they were passing over the spot where his four daughters had perished. Afterwards, he retired to his cabin where Horatio wrote this hymn as he passed over their watery grave. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. Philip Bliss it was a musician, musician friend of Horatio and D.L. Moody. He wrote the music for the hymn. He called his tune Ville de Harve from the name of the ship that sank. Three years later, Horatio and Anna Spafford were overjoyed to have a son and then two more girls. But grief again, again struck when little Horatio died of scarlet fever at age four. The Spaffords never really recovered from their season of suffering. They moved to Jerusalem and founded a group called the American Colony. Its mission was to serve the poor and was later instrumental in the First World War. I've asked Lene and Irwin to lead us in singing this amazing hymn that has endured through the century since it was written because it was speaks to us today. Can you see Jesus during difficult times? It is well with my soul. When
Thanks for watching. May you see Jesus in your everyday life this week.